Hi, everybody. Welcome to another podcast episode by Savari. Today's episode is a special one because it is episode 22. That's right. In Spanish, that is Vienta y Dos. I had to look it up, even though I took three years of Spanish. I'm very almost positive that is 22 in Spanish. So we're going to get into how 22 is going to shed light on how to fulfill the will that God has for us. Now, I said a very key word there, and that word was light, because 22 means light. Now, why does 22 mean light? It means light because in the original Hebrew, which is what the Bible was written in, there is 22 letters, Aleph and Toph. That would be our A to Z. All right. In the Greek, that would be the Alpha and the Omega. You'll hear a lot of preachers say God is the Alpha and the Omega. And that is true in the Greek. In the Hebrew, okay, God is the Aleph and Toph. Very, very cool. So there's 22 letters in the Hebrew language, which is what the Bible in the Old Testament was originally written in. And a lot of the New Testament was written in Hebrew. Some people don't know that. But we're going to talk about two instances in particular that really, really, again, shine light on how to fulfill the will that God has for us. Now, the will that God has for us is the absolute best thing that we could ever, 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 ever dream about. And oftentimes because of, because of trauma, because of broken relationships, because of negativity, uh, fitting into society, uh, not having any type of financial support, whatever it is, emotional support, insecurities, uh, doesn't matter. I mean, there's so much, there's so much. Again, there's, I've talked about the spectrum, oh, wow, I've talked about the spectrum, I'm not going to get into it uh, today. But again, there's so many reasons why we're not following our hearts, truest desires, why we're not dreaming like we used to when we were little kids. And again, one word to encompass why we're not is darkness. And that is why light is so important. All right, 22 means light. So I'm going to get into two instances, one in particular and one story, and then a certain chapter that we can really, really use in order to shed light and expel darkness. When we expel darkness, our heart's truest desires come out. We stop fearing man's opinion. We stop fearing failure. We stop fearing success. Okay, we replace that with a spirit of courage, a spirit of grace, a spirit of power. And we really walk in that. And when we walk in that, all of God's beautiful, faithful promises of protection and healing and prosperity are used through our gifts to glorify Jesus. Wow, I am really, really hitting on the head right now. <laughs> I usually don't. Okay, but that's God's grace. Okay, and now I'm going to get into... One story, like I said, that's really going to help us fulfill the will that God has for us. This will that God has for us is, again, our heart's truest desires. A lot of people say, as we get older, God has to remove all the things that are hindering us to get us back to our original blueprint. We always know what we wanted to do. We've just settled. We've fit ourselves into different entities different environments in order to feel like accepted in order to feel accepted all right so this story it's the story of noah and this is a very beautiful story most of us know this story okay it's the flood story and i'm just going to give us a really quick brief overview 
So we're on the same page. And then I'm going to get into one very cool detail that's really going to help us, again, shed light, expel darkness, fulfill the will that God has for us. Story of Noah. This was a long, long time ago, all right? And there's many people on the earth. And I'm not going to get into all of the people on earth, okay? But it wasn't just humans. And God didn't see anybody in this world as righteous other than Noah. So God said, Noah, build a boat. And this was, a, there was a drought. This was going against the social norm of society. And God's going to ask us to do that a lot. And God and Noah co-labored, okay? God gave them the plans and they co-labored to make this really awesome boat. I like to think of it because I've read a lot about the Bible and I've read a lot about this boat. And I know God doesn't make anything that sucks, okay? I like to think of this boat as a yacht and it really is, all right? I think of Jerry Jones on draft day when he's sitting in that super nice yacht, okay? At the time, I can almost promise you, all right? This is what this boat was like and wasn't some shabby shanky thing now noah and god collaborated this beautiful jerry jones type yacht all right he gets a pair of animals that god requested and his family now again this is important just a little detail okay i'm not gonna go too far into this but god only saw noah's righteous but he saved his entire family so if you feel like you're the only christian in your family don't worry god's gonna save your entire family with the eternal covenant now what happens here okay noah builds a boat everybody else in the world thinks he's stupid starts to rain for 40 days and 40 nights the number 40 in the bible is the number of testing that's just a little egg there okay and there's way more than that to show that the number 40 means testing but anyway 40 days 40 nights crazy all right now noah and his family are the only ones to survive this flood now something that's very interesting that's something that's very cool, okay, that references the number 22 is at the highest peak of the flood, all right, Noah was 22 feet above the highest mountain, okay? I'm going to say that again because I struggle saying this, but this is what the Bible says. Finally, the water covered even the highest mountains on earth, rising more than 22 feet above the highest peaks. Okay, so there's that number 22, and Noah, in the ark, in his family, and some animals, were 22 feet above the highest peak. So the way I think of it, even though this may not be geographically correct, at the height of the flood, day 40, at the height of their testing, Noah was higher, was 22 feet higher than Mount Everest. Okay, 22 feet higher than Mount Everest. There's 22 feet of water between him and Mount Everest. Now, again, we know that 22 represents light. And I have mentioned this in my previous podcast that water, especially in this story, means eternal judgment. Now, this is very interesting because I'm just gonna say this now and I'm gonna dive into the details later, okay? But the very thing, okay, this water that destroyed non-believers was the very thing that ascended believers okay and i can say that many ways the very thing that destroyed unrighteous people was the very thing that uplifted righteous people above the highest peak because many times mountains in the bible is reference to stubbornness it's reference to an obstacle in our path it's reference to something that's stopping us from hindering us from our true will our true heart's desires from our true self from our 
true you is mountain is always an obstacle, okay, in our way. Now, again, the very thing that destroyed people was also the very thing that uplifted, okay, Noah and his family above these mountains that are seen as obstacles, all right? I don't know how else to say that other than there is this thing out there, okay, that destroys people, that hardens people's hearts, just like, just like uh, Pharaoh, if you listen to the other podcast, but it's also this very same thing that softens people's hearts and ascends them through the Red Sea, okay? So this is very, very important, all right? And I'm just going to say this one more time. Water represents eternal judgment, okay? So eternal judgment kills people, but for believers, it's actually eternal life, and this eternal life ascends people, okay? 22 feet higher than the highest mountain in your life, all right? I'm going to say that one more time, okay? The very thing that destroys people is the very same thing that ascends and helps believers overcome the biggest obstacle in their life by a long shot, by 22 feet, okay? And again, this 22 feet represents light, all right? So when we let light hit eternal judgment, we ascend over our mountains effortlessly. All we have to do is co-labor with God and trust, even though the social norm is going the complete opposite way in our sight, okay? We know that when we follow God, when we allow God to work within us, when we allow God to illuminate our hearts and expel darkness, he is going to ascend us over the high, over Mount Everest by 22 feet by a long shot, all right? Now, I'm gonna, I think I've driven that point home, but I'm going to hammer some other things that are really important, all right? When light hits rain, okay, so this flood came through two different ways. It came from the bottom and from the top. Okay, volcanoes were erupting from the crest of the ocean floor, and then there was torrential downpour. So it was coming from bottom and top. So there's really no way to escape this. When you're getting crushed by things from underneath, when you're feeling like you're getting just destroyed from all angles, all right, basically this flood was from all angles all right and again it destroyed every unrighteous person on earth except for one righteous person and his family and what it did not only did it destroy people but by baby steps 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 did it ascend noah above the highest mountain in the world by 22 feet and the cool thing about this okay is when light all right 22 means light when light hits a torrential downpour, we get a what? We get a rainbow. And God cements this. He says this rainbow is a sign of our eternal covenant. All right? This eternal covenant, when we let light hit eternal judgment, we are ascending and we are protected. Because what happens when a light, okay, when light hits torrential downpour, we get a rainbow. But what is a rainbow? It's light in the form of a arc. Okay, Noah built an ark. A rainbow is in the shape of an ark. All right, so what it's saying is not only are we going to ascend over the highest mountains in our life, we are going to be protected from all angles of attack, from all angles of eternal judgment. Okay, this eternal judgment is a reality for everybody. Okay, people call it the curse because of what Adam did. People call it all sorts of things darkness. People call it all, I mean, you name it, generational curses ego uh selfishness sin it all means all that but the top layer the main layer what water represents in this story and a few other stories 
is eternal judgment, which is a curse for non-believers. And the curse is reversed by light for believers. Okay? So, again, this eternal covenant. Before, this is before Jesus even came and fulfilled and cemented it and gave us even more. All right? But before I get into that, I want to say this. All right? We are symbolically, okay, in an ark protected 24-7 by light when we allow God to illuminate the light within us. So where do I want to go with this now? Okay. Let's just talk about a scientific example. Okay. We know that light is the most important thing in our world. We cannot live without light. We cannot live without the sun. The sun is the most important thing in our world, bar none. It's not even close. Water is a long distance after that. Okay, sunlight is the most important thing that we need in this world. The sun, especially the sun, is what suspends the earth from going one direction or the other. We're in the sun's orbit. We all know that our world quite literally revolves around the sun and the sun's light. And it, it produces life. It produces life in every instance that you can possibly think of. Now, what is light? Light is energy. And this is the truth about energy. Energy transforms whatever it comes in contact with. Are done. That is not debatable. It's not a theory. That's a fact. It's really the only thing we can put our hat on, quite honestly. Okay. Light is an energy that transforms whatever it comes into contact with. Now, this is the interesting thing. Okay. How is it going to transform you? Okay. You can be like, you can be like Pharaoh, where you become stubborn. This light can make you stubborn. You can become like the rest of the world during Noah's time and die by it. Or you can be like Noah. You can be like Moses. You can be like Jesus, you can be like all these other people that I can mention, Abraham, Paul, okay? When you let light illuminate and soften your heart, it's the very thing, okay, the very thing that destroys non-believers, it's the very thing that ascends believers, okay? This is the paradox. It's very, very interesting, okay? Now, what I'm going to get into here, okay, is... The very first thing that God said in Genesis, the very first thing he said is, let there be light. And on the third day, now this is quite a bit later, okay? Because there was, let there be light, all right? That was day one. And there was day two. And then there was day three. Day three, he said, let there be the sun, the moon, and the stars. So there was a light that is even greater than the sun. The Bible talks about this all over the place, okay? About how the sun is going to become nothing, all right. And we're going to live off this other light. And this other light is what I'm what I'm going to talk about now. OK, I use the sun as a reference because there's always a physical representation, uh, much. Uh, how do I say it? Uh, uh, there's always a physical representation of the true spiritual essence of reality. OK, the spirit is the reality. The unseen is what's going to last forever. The things that you can see are temporary. That's why we never go by our sight. Now I'm going to get into that later. But anyway, all I'm trying to say is even the physical representation of the sun and the light produces life. Now, there is a spiritual light that's even greater. And the spiritual light came in the form of Jesus. Now, where am I going to go with all this? What I'm saying is, okay, don't worry about the world ending. All right, I'm not saying the sun's going to go away tomorrow. What I'm saying is there's an even greater light than the sunlight. As great as the sun is, as much as we need it, in order to live physically, there is a spiritual light that is unencompassing 
altogether everything that we absolutely need in order to have life or else we will be crushed under this sea of eternal judgment. Or if we use it, if we allow this light to illuminate us, we will ascend over the greatest obstacles of our life by a long shot, by 22 feet, okay? So how, all right, how do we let this light illuminate us, okay? Well, let me, let me, just let me reference you something, okay? I've told you guys about Psalm 91, which is a Psalm of Protection, which is a beautiful Psalm. Now there's a Psalm 119, and the Psalm 119 is all about light, and it's very beautiful because it's an acrostic poem. Now, you don't need to know what an acrostic, well, I'll tell you, okay? This acrostic poem is written in Hebrew, and there's 22 stanzas, and the reason this is important is because it uses every letter of the Hebrew alphabet to explain how to allow light to illuminate our life, okay? And I'm going to get into even deeper detail about that later, but I'm not going to talk about Psalm 119 as much as I just want you to read it and just, just allow that to work within you. That is how you let light, the spiritual light, the light that was created on the first day in order to allow you more and more and more and more and more your true self. All right. It's very, very amazing. Okay. The true, the way to get to your true self is through humility. And the way to show humility is by asking, by, by, allowing God to search your heart. And every time you allow God to search your heart, it's for your betterment. It's always for your benefit. We're oftentimes irrationally afraid of what God is going to say to us because we always think he's going to point out our bad things. The thing is this, if you're a non-believer, he already knows all your bad things. If you're a believer, he remembers your sins no more. It's clear in the Bible. Okay. So this light is only illuminating our gifts this light is illuminating our gifts it's suggesting forgiveness in certain areas at certain times again it's baby steps it's all according to you and god this is why i can only tell you to read psalm 119 for yourself and and it illuminate all the things that god wants for you in this life it's very beautiful all right and there's one thing that i will say is written in the old testament in the old testament they had physical enemies flesh and blood enemies in the New Testament, now that Jesus has resurrected, it's very clear that our enemies are not in the flesh and blood. Our enemies are spiritual. So whenever you read something in the Old Covenant and it talks about enemies, just know in this New Covenant, this eternal covenant, we are talking about spiritual darknesses, these, these thoughts, these negative things, this, this PTSD, these generational curses, these, you know, all these heartbreak scenarios, all these defense mechanisms that we build up, all these walls, all these insecurity things, all these inadequacy things that we do to ourselves in order to feel protected. But again, you're not protected. You're not protecting yourself. You're only hurting yourself. That's why the ark is so important. That's why I tell you to read Psalm 91, because knowing that your protection comes from God allows you to be vulnerable and allows you to be willing and allows God to illuminate the light in your life. Ooh, I'm going crazy right now. <laughs> but again, this is also important for us, okay? And I'll tell you why. Because we're all under this eternal judgment. Because of what Adam and Eve did, we're all under this eternal judgment. We're all under this curse that sucks. And we all feel this curse and we all know it sucks. And we all try to do stupid things in order to get out of this curse when there's really only one thing we need to do. And that's allow light into our life. Now, there is a curse in Genesis 3 for women specifically. And this curse says that women will always be under the rule of men and that women will always have problems childbearing and that other things. Okay. But I'm going to say those two things. So what do you think God's going to do now that you let light in your life? Okay. It's not that women will rule over men. It's that women can have God's 
godly influence in their life and really, really, really be gracious towards all types of men and really be gracious towards themselves where I know a lot of men have hurt them and just allow this light to illuminate in their life where they won't have the fear of certain things. They won't have this problem. They won't have these curses. They'll be tempted by these curses, but God's greatness will send them over the, over the, the, the highest mountain, the highest mountain in your life. You let God's light illuminate on it, you'll ascend over, over it by a long shot. Okay, so this is really important for us to understand. Again, read Psalm 119 because that is that is a manual. That is the manual. This is me telling you, this is how you do it. Okay, there's really no excuse to not allow God to illuminate your heart. Now, there's one more thing that I want to talk about. All right. In the Bible, the heart is symbolic. What okay, I shouldn't say symbolic. In the actual Hebrew, okay, the word heart is imagination. This is really, really cool, okay? And in the Greek, the word heart is also imagination. So when God says, guard your heart, or when God says, let the light illuminate your heart, he's talking about your imagination. All of us have amazing, amazing imaginations. And like I said, because of all these things, because of eternal judgment, because of the curse, because of all these things, we have pushed our imagination down we have infiltrated it with negativeness with darkness with all this stuff okay why because we feel unprotected we feel unrighteous we don't feel like god wants the best for us we don't feel like there is a god because if there was a god this wouldn't happen right all this stuff but what i'm saying is when you read psalm 119 when you read psalm 91 when you read ephesians 6 when you when you allow these things to uh change your mind okay when you allow these things to renew your spirit it allows you to trust this God, this omnipresent, this omnipotent, this beautiful, unconditional, loving God who supplied his light on the cross in the form of flesh for us so that we would know he really is the real deal. All right. And this, again, is going to send us over the biggest obstacles in our life. So I want you to think, what is your biggest obstacle in your life? What is your biggest obstacle? What is your biggest weakness? What is your, what is your, the thing that you fear most? All right. And then read Psalm 119 and Psalm 91, and then ask yourself, what do, what should I fear? Okay, what, what is it? Read a second, what is it? There's another Timothy 2.6, okay, where it says, we do not have a spirit of fear. God has given us a spirit of courage and love, all right? And this is very powerful, and you need to understand that God is faithful to our faithfulness, and that our greatest weaknesses will become our greatest strengths. This is all in the Bible, everywhere, all the time. It takes some people like me and other people i've heard a lot of really really good pastors that say what the bible really is it's pure gospel it is important for us that is the only thing that is really 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 matters is knowing and hearing and hearing a pure gospel because what is the two things that go to your imagination okay it's your ears and your eyes it's very interesting because then again the bible says I will make the weakest things in this world the strongest things. Well, do you know the smallest, weakest bone in your body is in your ear? Okay, that's just said one layer of the reference. The weakest things we think about, we usually think, like, I know, for example, when I grew up in high school, I thought band was dumb. I thought it was weak, and I thought it was for the nerds. Well, it turns out music is one of the most amazing things ever. Psalm 119 is actually a song, and it's very beautiful. Now, again. God will do the same thing with you. Whatever your greatest weaknesses are, 
when you let light hit that condemnation, that eternal judgment, those deep negative thoughts that are saying you're not good enough, when you let Jesus and his uh, sacrifice at the cross and his resurrection hit that crap, what it's going to ascend you, right, over your biggest mountains. So I don't know how many other ways I can say it. Well, there's three more ways I can say it. All right, these are just three little things that I wrote down I think are cool, okay? Jesus plus true you equals God's will, all right? Light plus imagination equals purpose, and spirit plus soul equals salvation. And again, salvation is a very, very beautiful word, just like shalom. It's all-encompassing. It has very, very, very deep, rich meaning to it. Now, and the main layer is salvation, okay? But again, I've talked about it, that divine logic, all right? If God's willing to give us the greatest thing in the world, like a house, all right? If my friend's going to give me a house, then I know he's going to give me a pencil, all right? Now, this all works with baby steps, okay? Remember, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. So each day, the things that killed the world was the very thing that ascended Noah, right? Day by day. Okay, incrementally, baby steps. It's all about baby steps. God is always going to prompt you out of your comfort zone in a very beautiful, loving, incremental baby step way. And by day 40, you'll, you'll be like, holy smokes, I'm 22 feet above Mount Everest. And all I did was sit in a very beautiful Jerry Jones yacht. All right, that's I mean it. Okay, and before that, yeah, Noah co-labored with God. But God said, dude, you're righteous. You have favor with me. Okay, that's the beginning of the story. I didn't get into that just because of time. But I mean, dude, God is always calling out to us about how awesome we are, about how, how he has this, the best plans for us. And the reason we're awesome, okay, is because we're created in our own image. The things that suck about us is trauma. The things that we saw is the lies that we're believing about ourselves. When you believe the truth about yourself, the true things of you come out and it's beautiful. And yes, we make mistakes and we're unfaithful. But knowing that how good God is, it allows us to confess our sins, to confess our mistakes, to, to admit to other people that, hey, this is going on in my life. And other people that are really good people will be like, dude, that's okay. Well, we can help you through it. All right. Instead of trying to hide it and bury it, isolate yourself. All right. I'm going off on a tangent, but I mean it, guys. This is light is the best thing for you. Read Psalm 119. You'll have, I have thick skin and it ain't because of anything other than how I know how much God loves me. All right. And again, I still have, I'm very insecure a lot of the times. But I know that when I'm insecure, again, God will be faithful. My own faithfulness, I always put stuff back on God. God, if this is you, make it happen, okay? I don't boast about anything other than I know how much God loves me. And the same is for you. I know how much God loves you. It's crazy. It's a crazy amount. And the more we allow this light to ascend us incrementally, day by day, just one day, you're going to be like, holy smokes, I'm, I'm so much higher than Mount Everest. All right? I love you guys. This is podcast, Salvari 22, episode 22. Be bold, okay? Be bold in how much God loves you. That's, that's the deal, okay? That's grace. Jesus paid a big, big price so we could have a Jerry Jones-type yacht during the worst storm from all angles, no matter what. And to allow our imaginations to go free, let your imagination go free. Go crazy. Go jam on the drums. Go play piano. Go dance somewhere. Go sing somewhere. Go play sports somewhere. I don't care what it is. If you sucked at sports in high school, go play sports somewhere. If you sucked at music in, in elementary, go, are you, are you a terrible public speaker? Go do that. Okay. Let God incrementally work you through what you think you're weak at, because that really is your greatest strength. All right. I love you guys. Be bold, be blessed.